Happy Friday, guys. Had the request for the Viking tunes today, so there you go. And yep, I'm rocking the rocking the pool beanie, the Tim pool beanie. His is a little darker, like over his forehead. What's up, guys? Um, no, I will not be talking about whatever dumb stuff Phil godlewski has been saying or Mike Barra or The Authority. We ain't got time for those dumbasses in this stream. What we do have time for is talking about the Twitter files drops we had bunch come out last night we have more coming out tonight last night was about shadow banning tonight's is about the removal of donald trump we're going to be going through all of those i think matt taibbi is still making the thread about the removal of donald trump so uh we might be covering that one live also want to take a look at elon musk's comments today about the removal of basically child porn child sex abuse on uh the twitter platform so he was like going back and forth with Jack even about it today. Pretty crazy stuff. Lots going on. Um, also want to cover these power outages going on in North Carolina and also the Pacific Northwest in Oregon and Washington State. Um, pretty peculiar. Looks like a professional job, at least in North Carolina, because small arms fire took down very specific generator units, I guess they're called. I don't know exactly what was shot up, but multiple substations were taken out at the same time and like 50,000 people lost power for five days there in North Carolina. And some of the same things have been happening at the same time in Washington State and in Oregon. So these look like professional hit jobs. We got the mainstream media trying to claim that it was extremists that are trying to uh, prevent this drag show from happening. Their, their excuse is absolutely retarded. So I do want to cover that for a little bit because that could, I mean, if we see more attacks against the power grid in the coming weeks and months, more large scale attacks, this could be one of their excuses that the fake media deep state tries to pin it on is, oh, extremists or domestic terrorists or something like that. Meanwhile, it could be them just trying to cause havoc, shut down the power grid, shut down people's access to the internet, stuff like that. So we'll take a look at that. What else we got on deck? A variety of other things. I want to talk about some vaccine stuff. Celine Dion. Uh, looks like the military vaccine mandate's getting removed, surprisingly. So there's that. And also I got some thoughts on that. Uh, Griner release, the trading of the pothead basketball lady for the international arms dealer right that's all over the news the past couple of days so that's pretty much what's on deck patriot donnie man coming in hot with the huge rumble rant already you're awesome brother elon is still holding back the big stuff yeah no doubt no doubt and this is pretty much just a trickle it seems like week by week we're getting one or two twitter files drops from matt taibbi and also barry what's her name barry weiss so and we're just at the removal of Donald Trump, you know. I want to see a lot of the COVID stuff come out, censoring the vaccines. Uh, and I want to see a hell of a lot more people back on Twitter. I just saw a comment on Rumble asking if I'm back on or why I'm not back on. I have no idea why I'm not back on yet. Um, waiting. It looks like Roger Stone is back on Twitter and Laura Loomer is back on Twitter. So that gives me hope that they're going through the, what did we hear, 60,000 I think they said 60,000 accounts that they're going to give amnesty to that had over 10,000 subscribers. So it's probably going to take them a long time, quite a few weeks to comb through them all and give them all back.
and especially with the uh, diminished staff, the small staff that Twitter has compared to what they had before. I'm being patient. I'm hoping. I'm waiting. But, um, you know, fingers crossed, I guess. No expectations these days. So, all right, guys. I don't know exactly where in Washington or Oregon those power outages happen. If we got anybody in the area that could let us know in the chat what areas were hit in Washington State, I'm curious. But I know in North Carolina, it was like the middle of the state um, around the, what was it, like Pinehurst area, I think. So uh, pretty interesting. Oh, sweet. There's authority. Thanks for the 10 bucks, friend. And I will mute you. All right. So let me uh, fix this chat. There we go. Yeah, shill alert already. Gotta love how he's donating to me too. <laughs> Thanks. All right, so let's go ahead and just get right to it here. We've got these Twitter files coming out tonight. This is the removal of Donald Trump, part one, October 2020 to January 6th. We're getting part two on Sunday. So part two of this release is coming on Sunday. Here's part one. Before I cover this, because I think Taibi is still dropping this, uh, still going through this thread. You know, these threads kind of take them a little while to get out. They get about a tweet out every five to 10 minutes, and these Twitter files threads are 20, 25 tweets long. You got to love the poetic nature of them exposing Twitter on Twitter. So, got to love it. But the first one I want to cover is Barry Weiss, her... Twitter Files Part 2 dropped last night. Remember, Part 1 was from Matt Taibbi. Boom. Uh, muted some trolls in the chat forever, so he won't be back. So, Matt Taibbi put out Part 1, what was that, about a week ago? That's right, last Friday. So, Matt Taibbi put out Part 1, and then there was the supplemental, which was about James Baker reviewing the Twitter Files and then getting fired by Elon, that news broke. So that was the supplemental to part one. Part two came out from Barry Weiss. These are the two independent journalists who it looks like Elon is tasking, giving some of the Twitter inside info to to bring out. So they're kind of going back and forth. Part one from Matt Taibbi. Part two from Barry, Barry Weiss. Um, part, let's see. Part three, I guess we could say, the removal of Donald Trump coming from Matt Taibbi. So last night, Barry Weiss's part two was about Twitter's secret blacklist. This was the shadow banning. And um, I would say this was more of a bombshell than Matt Taibbi's part one. It's kind of getting better as time goes on. And the big thing that we learned in this drop is we got screenshots to the back end of what the employees see on the Twitter dashboard, when they bring up an account, the accounts have uh, tags. The Twitter employees will tag accounts with tags like trends blacklist, recent abuse strike. This was on Dan Bongino's account. He had a uh, search blacklist tag on his, and you can see even strike count on there so they can give 
these account strikes. Uh, they also shared, let's see, a back-end screenshot of Charlie Kirk's account. Same thing. Recent abuse strike notification spike. Also a do not amplify tag, it looks like. These tags almost seem completely arbitrary. Completely arbitrary as to what they give the users. But here it says a do not amplify for Charlie Kirk. Uh, I think the most enlightening thing we learned, well, one was that the technical name of shadow banning that Twitter executives called it was not shadow banning. They called it visibility filtering, VF, visibility filtering. So that is their technical jargon for reducing the, the reach of tweets and accounts. Let's see. We also had a lot of the executives, that is Yol Roth and uh, JJ Gad, Gaddy thrown under the bus with all this too. It looks like they're really the focus of all of these Twitter files. And um, both of them were fired by Elon Musk over the past few weeks. So uh, they got fired. Now we're getting all these Twitter releases. Also, one big thing we're learning from this shadow ban portion of the Twitter files is that remember back in 2018, what was it? Jack Dorsey testifying to Congress claiming that, oh, we don't shadow ban and we don't uh, limit the visibility reach of any accounts based on political reasons, things like that. Well, we're learning that that was a complete lie. Anything that Twitter, Twitter executives were saying before Elon Musk bought the company about shadow banning, complete lie complete lie. So I imagine that all of these Twitter files will have huge ramifications in any kind of lawsuits that are going on, any kind of lawsuits. And then one last thing on this part two of the Twitter files on the shadow banning, we also got a screenshot on the back end of the libs of TikTok account. And the libs of TikTok account, they gave us a little more, a little more data with this one. So there we have the tags, trends, blacklist, recent abuse strike, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the Twitter employees can also see the IP addresses of these. Uh, you probably need a certain level of clearance within the Twitter company. It looks like only the executives can see the IP addresses or whoever gets the permissions to, but you can see IP addresses. And also some people are noticing over here uh, you can see the direct messages, apparently. If you're a Twitter employee with the proper permissions, you can see the direct messages of the user. Uh, that looks like what it is. They click on the account. They get this, uh, this basically, these tags over here, these abilities. They can see the user, timeline, spaces, live videos, communities, direct messages. Does that mean the employees can see the direct messages of these accounts? Yeah, I mean, it's looking that way. So that was all the big news from the part two of the Twitter files. And then before we get to this one on the removal of Donald Trump, one last thing, uh, some sluice on truth, truth sluice, true social accounts noticed that one particular Q drop that we got over two years ago, this was July 19th, 2020, Q posted a screenshot that looked like this, and this drop was talking about uh, social media companies along with the mainstream media news companies being propaganda tools, political bias, etc. 
Uh, Q gave us this screenshot. What does that look like? Huh. That looks pretty much exactly like what we're learning in these Twitter files. Now, from what I believe, this particular screenshot that Q posted came out in a um, some kind of crypto hack back in 2020. So I don't think... I think this was a publicly available screenshot, but the fact that Q posted it said authentic nearly two and a half years ago. Uh, pretty interesting stuff right there. Future proves past kind of dealio. Uh, and then we move on here to the removal of Donald Trump. So this is the part one from October 2020 timeframe to January 6th of, of what we're getting here. Matt Taibbi will go through this tweet by tweet says here, the world knows much of the story of what happened between riots at the Capitol on January 6th and the removal of Trump's account on January 8th. We'll show you what hasn't been revealed, the erosion of standards within the company in months before January 6th, decisions by high-ranking executives to violate their own policies and more against the backdrop of ongoing documented interaction with federal agencies. Uh, this first installment covers the period before the election through January 6th. Tomorrow, Schellenberger, Michael Schellenberger here, will detail the chaos inside Twitter on January 7th. On Sunday, Barry Weiss will reveal the secret internal communications from the key date of January 8th. So this whole weekend, we're going to be getting uh, Twitter files dumps on the banning of Trump. So we'll continue with number five here. Uh, whatever your opinion on the decision to remove Trump that day, the internal communications at Twitter between January 6th and January 8th have clear historical import. Even Twitter's employees understood in the moment it was a landmark moment in the annals of speech. Let's see this screenshot from some employee internal communication says, is this the first sitting head of state to ever be suspended? Yeah, apparently it uh, it was. Number six, as soon as they finished banning Trump, Twitter execs started processing new power. They prepared to ban future presidents and White Houses, perhaps even Joe Biden. The, quote, new administration, says one exec, quote, will not be suspended by Twitter unless absolutely necessary. So they got drunk on their power. They got megalomaniac with it. They banned Trump. And then it went to their heads and say, they started thinking, oh, man, if we can ban Trump, we can ban anybody. And they were even talking about suspending the, quote, new administration, uh, you know, if absolutely necessary to alleviate real world harm. Of course, real world harm, totally arbitrary, totally subjective. But banning the Biden admin, man, this will even make the, the left wingers out there question this stuff and uh hopefully put them in shock you know it'll it'll help them see it's not really just a right-wing conservative issue this expands to all sides of the political spectrum left-wing and right-wing censorship does obviously more conservatives typically the right-leaning folk are banned more than the left-wingers but this will show the left-wingers that hey twitter was even thinking about banning you <laughs> The people they favor. Number seven here. Twitter executives removed Trump in part over what one executive called the context surrounding. 
actions by Trump and supporters, quote, over the course of the election and frankly, last four plus years. In the end, they looked at a broad picture, but that approach can cut both ways. Looks like some of these internal communications were directed towards, towards Vajayjay here. And again, power going to their heads, completely arbitrary. Hey, Trump didn't actually ban any of our rules, but let's just suspend his account anyway. Number eight, the bulk of the internal debate leading to Trump's ban took place in those three January days. However, the intellectual framework was laid in the months preceding the Capitol riots. Before J6, Twitter was a unique mix of automated rules-based enforcement and more subjective moderation by senior executives. As Barry Weiss reported, the firm had a vast array of tools for manipulating visibility, most all of which were thrown at Trump and others pre-January 6th. I myself had been dealing with Twitter censorship beginning, I want to say March 2020, April 2020, really upticked for me. This was when I was talking a lot about COVID, in particular cures for COVID, in particular uh, chlorine dioxide. I had a load of tweets removed around that time frame from April, May, June 2020 for talking about any possible treatments for COVID, not just chlorine dioxide, the uh, disinfectant, if you remember Trump alluding to that in his April 2020 press conference. But I also had some, and these were studies. I went through PubMed and I was showing studies showing these particular compounds being able to work very well against coronavirus. For instance, uh, one compound I found was called betulinic acid, which is a main component of chaga mushroom. And I found a PubMed study showing betulinic acid works very well against coronavirus. I was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet this. So I did. I also found studies, again, PubMed published scientific studies, whatever scientific means these days. Um, oh, man, looks like authority has all kinds of sock puppet accounts he's coming in with. So we had uh, betulinic acid. I was tweeting about oregano oil too, friggin' oregano oil, right? A bunch of just basic stuff. And I had dozens and dozens of tweets removed, especially over chlorine dioxide. And especially after Trump made that uh, press conference where he mentioned the disinfectant. Um, but yeah, and then my account got removed in October, 2020. And then we're looking at the time frame around election to January 6th here. So that's my own personal story on Twitter messing with me. Still waiting to get that account back. Can't wait. And then here we are looking at particularly the January 6th events as the pretext for censorship of Trump. Okay, continuing with this thread. Matt Taibbi, number 10 here. As the election approached, senior executives, perhaps under pressure from federal agencies with whom they met, more as the time progressed, we're probably talking FBI here, increasingly struggled with rules and began to speak of vios as pretext to do what they'd like, likely have done anyway. 11, after J6, internal slacks show Twitter executives getting a kick out of intensified relationships with federal agencies. Here's the trust and safety head, Yoel Roth, 
lamenting a lack of generic enough calendar descriptions to concealing his very interesting meeting partners. This one is a doozy of, I guess these are Slack messages. They're using Slack. So Yolroth says, uh, very boring business meeting that is definitely not about Trump, wink. Definitely not meeting with the FBI, I swear. Give me just a sec. Got to mute some more folks. All right. So, ipso facto, he's definitely meeting with the FBI. Fed boys. Fed boys probably in my chat right now, too. Trying to troll me. Uh, number 12. These initial reports are based on searches for docs linked to prominent executives whose names are already public. They inc include Roth, former trust and safety or trust and policy chief, VJJ, and recently Plank walked Deputy General Counsel and former top FBI lawyer, Jim Baker. That was the Jim Baker involved in the Spygate, Obamagate, Russia collusion scandal from the 2017-18 era. Number 13, one particular Slack channel offers a unique window into the evolving thinking of top officials in late 2020 and early 2021. 14, on October 8th, 2020, executives opened a channel called uh, that US 2020 XFN enforcement through J6. This would be home for discussions about election related removals, especially ones that involve high profile accounts, often called VITs or very important tweeters. Looks like this channel is going to be used for uh, election 2020, whatever Slack channel they're using here. They got all their acronyms. Their fancy speak that makes them feel special. Scalable solutions required. We got to scale our censorship. All right. Number 15. There was at least some tension between safety operations, a larger department whose staffers used a more rules-based process for addressing issues like porn scams and threats, and a smaller, more powerful cadre of senior policy execs like Roth and GAD. 16. The latter group were a high-speed Supreme Court of moderation, including content rulings on the fly, often in minutes and based on guesses, gut calls, even Google searches, even in cases involving the president. Let's check out this Slack message. So, got this employee screenshotting a Trump tweet talking about rigged election says, hi, everyone, received this escalation just now with the URL of Trump's tweet and a screenshot of it. Calling it a rigged election would be enough to be in violation, right? Yol Roth says, if the claim of fact were inaccurate, yes. Ooh, but then Yol Roth says, but it looks like that's true. And <laughs> linked an NPR article. Huh. <laughs> Ah, they wanted so bad to ban it, but even NPR, even fake-ass news backed them up, so they couldn't. <laughs> That's funny. All right. 17. During this time, executives were also clearly liaising with federal enforcement and intelligence agencies about moderation of election-related content. While we're still at the start of reviewing the Twitter files, we're finding out more about these interactions every day. Policy director Nick Pickles. Nick Pickles 
is asked if they should say Twitter detects, quote, misinfo through, quote, ML human review and partnerships with outside experts. The employee asks, I know that's been a slippery process. Not sure if you want our public explanation to hang on that. Hmm. They got to concoct their PR, concoct their stories to tell the public about why they're censoring to not look bad. Meanwhile, as we're seeing in these private Slack messages, yeah, it's bad. Ah, ah. Let's see. Nick frickin' Pickles. <laughs> Pickles quickly asks if they could just say partnerships. After a pause, he says, well, not sure we'd describe the FBI and Department of Homeland Security as experts. What else does he say here? Not sure we'd describe the FBI, DHS as experts or some non-governmental organizations that aren't academic. Huh. The FBI aren't experts, yet you're you're partnering with them. You want to you want to say they're just partnerships. All right. This post about the Hunter Biden laptop situation shows that Roth not only met weekly weekly with the FBI and Department of Homeland Security, but with the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, the DNI. Hmm. Highest intelligence. Oversight office in the land. Okay. Here we have, it looks like a message from Yol Roth or Yol Roth's bot application in the Slack channel. Um, Hacked materials exploded. We blocked the New York Post story. Then we unblocked it, but said the opposite. Then said we unblocked it. So here they are admitting that they lied. We blocked it, then we unblocked it, but said the opposite. And now we're in a messy situation where our policy is in shambles. Comms is angry. Reporters think we're idiots. Because you are. And we're refactoring an exceedingly complex policy 18 days out from the election. In short, FML weekly sync with FBI, DHS, DNI regarding election security. The meeting happened about 15 minutes after the aforementioned hacked materials implosion. The government declined to share anything useful when asked. Monthly meeting with FBI, F-I-T-F. All right. (laughs) 21. Roth's report to FBI, DHS, DNI is almost farcical in its self-flagellating tone. We blocked the NYP story, New York Post story, then we unblocked it. (laughs) Let's see. 23. Some of Ross' later slacks indicate his weekly confabs with federal law enforcement involved separate meetings. Here he ghosts the FBI and DHS, respectively, to go first to an Aspen Institute thing, then take a call with Apple. Huh. I wonder how the FBI is going to feel about that. Ghosted the feds to go to an Aspen Institute thing this morning on vaccines, Yol Roth said here. The Aspen Institute is this think tank that meets in Aspen, Colorado. Uh, It meets in Aspen, Colorado, and it's this think tank with 
I don't know if it's a tech-based think tank or exactly who goes to this thing, but uh, anyway, funny. All right, 24 here. The FBI sends reports about a pair of tweets, the second which involves a former Tippecanoe County, Indiana counselor and Republican named John Basham claiming between 2% and 25% of ballots by mail are being rejected for errors. Oh, look, and in this internal Slack communication, they're using PolitiFact to prove these things false. And it appears to then censor them. PolitiFact, which isn't PolitiFact funded in large part by Facebook. So these tech companies are funding the fact checkers that they then use to justify calling something information and then censoring it. Wow, okay. Hmm. The FBI's second report concerned this tweet by John Basham, talking about mail-in ballots being rejected. The FBI flagged tweet so here we're learning the FBI would send Twitter tweets to flag. Tweets they would flag. And then it would get circulated in the enforcement slack. Twitter cited PolitiFact to say the first story was proven to be false. The group then decides to apply a learn how voting is safe and secure label because one commenter says it's totally normal to have a 2% error rate. Is it? Is that normal? Roth then gives the final go-ahead to the process initiated by the FBI. Keywords, process initiated by the FBI. The, the, the gumberment, the gumberment directly getting tech companies to censor. Bye-bye Section 230. Bye-bye liabilities for tech companies. Kiss that shit goodbye. Let's see, 27, examining the entire election enforcement slack, we didn't see one reference to moderation requests from the Trump campaign, the Trump White House, or Republicans generally. We looked, they may exist, we were told they do, however, they were absent there. So, looks like it was all coming from the FBI, DHS, or the uh, Director of National Intelligence, or the Office of which. I wonder if we could learn who, who exactly from the FBI or the Department of Homeland Security was calling for these things to get removed. Don't know if they would have that information with these Slack files, but be curious. Okay, looks like this thread gets a little broken here. It skips a few numbers, so I'm going to click on this. And maybe a few of the tweets got deleted or something because it skips from 27 to 31. Yeah, maybe he deleted them already or something. Um, let me click this one. Yeah, okay, so I guess we're just skipping from 27 to 31. Uh, number 31, in one case, former Arizona Governor Mike Huckabee joked tweets about mailing in ballots for his deceased parents and grandparents. There's the joke tweet. Uh, this inspires a long slack that reads like a parody i agree it's a joke concedes a twitter employee but he's also literally admitting in a tweet a crime 
It's called a joke. You're not admitting to a crime if it's a joke. What? Like, oh man, I would kill for my Twitter account back. <laughs> joke. Satire. Parody. The group declares Hux a, quote, edge case. It's edgy. And though one notes, we don't make exceptions for jokes or satire. They ultimately decide to leave him be because we've poked enough bears. 33. Could this mislead people? Or could still mislead people? Could still mislead people. The humor-averse group declares before moving on from Huckabee. Bunch of frickin' geniuses here at Twitter. Roth suggests... Moderation, even in this absurd case, could depend on whether or not the joke results in, quote, confusion. This seemingly silly case actually foreshadows serious later issues. In the docs, execs often expand criteria to subjective issues like intent. Yes, a video is authentic, but why was it shown? Orientation was a banned tweet shown to condemn or support. Or reception, did a joke cause confusion? This reflux will become key in January 6th. In another example, Twitter employees prepare to slap a mail-in voting a safe warning label on a Trump tweet about a postal screw up in Ohio before realizing the events took place, which meant the tweet was factually accurate. You can see Trump here is simply retweeting an AB, a local ABC News article from Ohio. All right. Very well done on speed. Trump was being visibly filtered as late as a week before the election. Here, senior execs didn't appear to have a particular violation, but still works fast to make sure a fairly anodyne Trump tweet couldn't be replied to, shared, or liked. Very well done on speed. The group is pleased. The Trump tweet is dealt with quickly. A seemingly innocuous follow-up involved a tweet from actor James Woods, whose ubiquitous presence in argued-over Twitter data sets is already a Twitter files in-joke. After Woods angrily quote-tweeted about Trump's warning label, Twitter staff, in a preview of what ended up happening after January 6th, despaired, for a reason, despaired of a reason for action but resolved to Hit him hard on future Vio. Ah, we can't do anything about this tweet, but we're going to get him. Here, a label is applied to Georgia Republican Congresswoman Jody Heiss for saying, say no to big tech censorship. Big tech censorship. And mailed ballots are more prone to fraud than in-person balloting. It's just common sense. And there you can see the little card down there stay informed learn how voting by mail is safe and secure find out more 40 twitter teams went easy on heist only applying soft intervention with roth worrying about a wah wah censorship optics backlash they want to censor as much as they can without making it look like they're censoring as much as they are meanwhile there are multiple instances of involving pro-Biden tweets warning Trump may try to steal the election that got surfaced, 
only to be approved by senior executives. This one, they decide, just expresses concern that mailed ballots might not make it on time. So, if you're on Twitter and you say that, well, they're stealing the election for Biden, you get banned. But if you're on Twitter and you say, oh no, they're going to steal the election for Trump, you're fine. Clearly biased. Number 42, that's understandable, even the hashtag steal our votes, referencing a theory that a combo of Amy Coney Barrett and Trump will steal the election. Uh, it's approved by Twitter Brass because it's understandable and a reference to a U.S. Supreme Court decision. Again, same point there. If you say Trump's going to steal the election, it's all right. It's understandable. We have another exchange here. Again, unintentionally humorous. Matt Taibbi writes, former Attorney General Eric Holder claimed the U.S. Postal Service was deliberately crippled ostensibly by the Trump administration. He was initially hit with a general warning label, but it was quickly taken off by Roth. Great. Later in November 2020, Roth asked if staff had a debunk moment on the Seidel Smartmatic vote counting stories, which his Department of Homeland Security contacts told him were a combination of about 47 conspiracy theories. It's all just conspiracy theories. As the Department Department of Homeland Security put it, on December tenth, as Trump was in the middle of firing off twenty-five tweets saying things like "a coup is taking place in front of our eyes," Twitter executives announced a new L three D amplification tool. This step meant a warning label now could also come with deamplification. Convenient. One button will just do everything. Some executives wanted to use the new deamplification tool to silently limit Trump's reach more right away, beginning with the following tweet. This tweet was uh, Newsmax, right? That's Newsmax? Newsmax clip of Jim Jordan they're going to be talking about Trump got 11 million more votes. Probably discussion of rigged elections in there. However, in the end, the team had to use older, less aggressive labeling tools, at least for that day, until the L3 entities went live the following morning. The significance is that it shows that Twitter, in 2020 at least, was deploying a vast range of visible and invisible tools to rein in Trump's engagement long before January 6th. The ban will come after other avenues are exhausted. In Twitter, docs execs frequently refer to bots, e.g., let's put a bot on that. A bot is just any automated heuristic moderation tool. It can be anything every time a person in Brazil uses Green and blob in the same sentence, action might be taken. In this instance, it appears moderators added a bot for a Trump claim made on Breitbart. The bot ends up becoming an automated tool invisibly watching both Trump and apparently Breitbart. Trump by January 6th was quickly covered in bots.
There is no way to follow the frenzied exchanges among Twitter personnel from between January 6th and 8th without knowing the basics of the company's vast lexicon of acronyms and Orwellian unwords. To bounce an account is to put it in timeout, usually for a 12-hour review cool-off. My account was bounced many times in 2020. Interstitial, one of many nouns used as a verb in Twitter speak. Deny list is another. Means placing a physical label atop a tweet so it can't be seen. Uh, PII or P2, PII, has multiple meanings, one being public interest interstitial, PII, i.e., a covering label applied for public interest reasons. The post below also references proactive V, i.e., proactive visibility filtering. This is all necessary background to January 6th. Before the riots, the company was engaged in an inherently insane, impossible to impossible project, trying to create an ever-expanding, ostensibly rational set of rules to regulate every conceivable speech situation that might arise between humans. This project was preposterous, yet its leaders were unable to see this, having become infective with group think, I assume he means there, coming to believe sincerely that it was Twitter's responsibility to control as much as possible what people could talk about how often and to whom, with whom. 57. The firm's executives on day one of the January 6th crisis at least tried to pay lip service to its dizzying array of rules. By day two, they began wavering. By day three, a million rules were reduced to one. What we say goes. I think that's the... Um, it doesn't look like the threat is done, but um, 57 minus the skips from 27 to 31 so 54 tweets in looks like um we're kind of at the latest so whoo i need a i need a drink after that one from my large cup so i'm going to go back to this later i'll keep this tab up and then i'm going to go through some other news stories we'll talk some twitter stuff a few other things and maybe you guys can let me know in the chat if some new posts come in, number 58, from Matt Taibbi here. But uh, I'm going to keep this up and then roll through it later. Um, as for now, I want to quickly plug my Locals page here, though, if you guys do appreciate this podcast, these shows that I do, my work anywhere on Telegram, True Social, um, Rumble Channel, wherever. I'd appreciate you following along on Locals. You can follow along for free. I post updates to Substacks that drop or videos that come out, things like that. But I also do some exclusive stuff on here. I post some videos now and again. I also do, uh, I have a Telegram VIP chat you'll get access to by supporting me on Locals. And I do weekly calls. I'll be doing one on Sunday, this Sunday on Telegram. So uh, if you support on Locals or on Subscribestar, both of those will be linked in the description below. Um, send me a DM. I'll get you the link to the VIP chat, and you can um, you can talk, and you can get access to those uh, subscribers-only weekly calls on Sunday mornings. 
58 just in. All right, let's refresh this. See what Taibi has to say. Is 58 just in? Uh, we got 56. Maybe Taibi is, uh, looks like he's kind of jumping back and forth between numbers. So he posted 55, and then he made this post, and then he did 60, 57, and then he did 56. So I presume that 56 is actually supposed to be number 58 maybe, but okay, here's our latest one. When panic first breaks out on January 6th, there's a fair share of WTF-type posts mixed in with frantic calls for Twitter to start deploying its full arsenal of moderation tools. What is the right remediation? Do we interstitial the video? Asked one employee in despair. They're really putting this guy on blast, Patrick Conlon. Uh, it looks like they're not even censoring his name. There's been quite a few of these posts where uh, they show his name. And uh, like that one right there. So for some reason, Matt Taibbi is putting this guy on blast. Whoever Patrick Conlon is. And Nick Pickles. Putting Nick Pickles on blast too. Let's see. Okay, we got another 57 here. This freedom or death tweet from Stop the Steal Gadfly Matt Mike Kudry elicits heated reactions. 58 Roth groans about Kudry. This asshole, but still seems determined to stick at least superficially to rules, itching to act if this constitutes incitement. Fifty-nine at two thirty-nine p.m. PST, a comms official asked Roth to confirm or deny a story that they'd restricted Trump's ability to tweet. Roth says, "We have not." Sixty minutes later, Roth executed the historic act of bouncing Trump, i.e., putting him in timeout. I hope you are appropriately corpsect, says a colleague. This theme of policy perhaps being stressed by queries from communications executives who themselves have to answer to the public's questions occasionally appears. Two days later, you see chatter about pulling comms out of the loop. We got another presumably former Twitter employee put on blast here. Lauren Culbertson. Maybe the blocked out names are current Twitter employees and the not blocked out names are former employees. But it seems like they even want to take their comms teams out of all the censorship they're doing because they don't want to have to worry about PR. They don't want to have to worry about what it looks like to the public and the optics and all of that. They just want to censor at will. Sixty-one. The first company-wide email from Gad, the JJ, on January sixth announced that three Trump tweets had been bounced, but more importantly, signaled a determination to use legit violations as a guide for any possible permanent suspension. So now they're really trying to suspend Trump here on the sixth. 
What the actual frick? Safe to say Trump's go home with love and peace tweet mid-riot didn't go over well at Twitter HQ. There it is. Go home with love and in peace, Trump said. Go home in peace. Yes, inciting violence, obviously. Sarcasm. And here we got Patrick Conlin and Yoel Roth. Super pissed off about it. It's gut-wrenching. He's a horrible human being. Oh, no. All right, I think that's our latest. At this point. So I'll give it a minute. I'll refresh it. And uh, if I don't see anything, we will move on. Who thinks the numbering anomalies are by mistake? Yeah, they're probably by mistake. I mean, if you get a long Twitter thread... It gets difficult to keep them numbered and keep it sequential and then make sure you're replying to the last tweet, having to reply to yourself and keep the thread going. In threads this long? Yeah, for sure. I imagine they're by mistake. And the way he's writing this, it doesn't really appear like he wrote this out beforehand. It kind of looks like he's sort of writing it as he's going, the way it's taking 10, 15 minutes to make a tweet and then for him to make the next one. Um, kind of looks like he's writing this as he's going. But, uh, yeah, you get a thread that's 62 tweets long and it can get a, it can get a little... A little janky. Doesn't look like the next ones have come in. All right, we'll move on to talking about uh, Elon and his comments about the child sex abuse, Zapitos, on Twitter. So we have three, I guess, ex-employees now that said they resigned from Twitter's Trust and Safety Council. We've got Ann Collier. Her pronouns are she and her, just so you know. We've got Erliani Rahman, a doctoral student at Harvard. And we've got Leslie Podesta. Podesta. Those three have quit Twitter's Trust and Safety Council because of uh, Elon. Oh, no, Elon, big bad Elon. And the well-being of Twitter users are on the decline because of Elon. Mike Cernovich replied, you all belong in jail, to which Elon Musk replied to him, it is a crime that they refuse to take action on child exploitation for years. Jack Dorsey replied to Elon saying this is false, to which Elon said, no, it's not. When Ella Irwin, who now runs Trust and Safety, 
joined Twitter earlier this year, almost no one was working on child safety. She raised this with Ned and Perig, former CEO Perig, the one that became CEO after Dorsey left, before Elon bought it, and Elon fired him like the first day. But Ned and Perag rejected her staffing request to staff the council, staff the group that was working on child safety. Elon said he made it a top priority immediately. Then he tagged Ella Irwin, who um, basically confirmed that. I think she replied to this. So... This is false. No, it's not. Ooh, Elon and Jack getting into it there. And yes, apparently, Leslie Podesta is related to John Podesta. Here's a tweet that a true social user here dug up from Cat Namus, dug up from 2018. Leslie Podesta replying to a tweet about John Podesta saying, Ah, my Uncle John. My Uncle John. I was digging into this lady for a minute because I'm like, mm, Is she really related to John Podesta? Yeah, okay, they have the Podesta last name. That doesn't exactly mean they're related. So I was looking into this lady. She's from Australia. So at first, I was thinking to myself, Oh, the... They're not related. People are jumping the gun on this. But I waited. I kept digging. And then I came across this super interesting old tweet of her referencing John Podesta as being her uncle, John. Wow. So what? We had, what was it, Fauci's niece? Dr. Fauci's niece? Or was it, no, Fauci's daughter. Was it? And then John Podesta's niece working at Twitter. Huh. Well, could that explain why child safety and child exploitation did not, or child exploitation did not get looked at for years on Twitter, and they did not prioritize child safety on there? Well, she's out now, and we got a new boss in charge. Elon. Okay, people are saying that 63 is in. Let's give this a refresh. Number 63. A few last notes about January 6th. Roth at one point looked and found Trump had a slew of duplicate bot applications. Got a whole bunch of whole bunch of uh, censorship bots on Trump's account. Flagging all his posts. Bouncing all his posts for their abuse policy on election interference. Sixty-four. By the end of the first day, the top execs are still trying to apply rules. By the next day, they will contemplate a major change in approach. Watch Schellenberger, Michael Schellenberger, this weekend for the play-by-play of how all that went down. So it looks like that's about the end of our 
quite long Twitter thread there by by uh, Matt Taibbi. 64 plus a few that weren't numbered, maybe 70 tweets long on this one. Quite long, um, but quite a story to be told. Peering deep into exactly how Twitter employees censored and communicated about the censorship around the 2020 election all the way up to January 6th. This is uh, quite enlightening, quite enlightening, we shall say. Someone said we got a 65. We do. It says here by January 8th, which Barry Weiss will describe Sunday, Twitter will be receiving plaudits from our partners in Washington, and the sitting U.S. president will no longer be heard on the platform. Oof. Looks like the feds themselves, the FBI themselves, had something to do with the sitting U.S. president, i.e. Trump, no longer being heard on Twitter. Which is exactly why we now have Truth Social. Couple comments in the chat. One on Foxhole. Duppy says that Leslie Podesta is involved with all kinds of spook NGOs regarding children and Aborigines in Australia of all places. Yeah, I wonder why she's in Australia. Was she born and raised there? Did she move there? But I did see some of the NGOs she's involved in. One of them was called, I think, the Madeline Foundation, and it looked to be involved with children in some way. Obviously, the public way that they these foundations say they're helping children or you know finding foster kids' homes and protecting them and shit like that. Fox Garden hen, hen House. So, mm. well, luckily she's no longer at Twitter. So, all right. I think that's about the end of this thread. I made a post on True Social and Telegram linking this thread if you'd like to go check it out and read. Let's see. I guess we have a couple more. All right. This is it. 66. Lastly, people on the left, right, and in between. Want to know what else is in the Twitter files from suppression shadow banning of leftists to lab leak theorists. That's a lot of what I was taken off for. Or amplification of military propaganda or conservative accounts. We know everyone has questions. And while we've stumbled on tidbits here and there about topics ranging from COVID to foreign policy, the reality is the data sets are enormous and we're still working through them. More is coming. Good night all. So there we go. All right, so that's pretty much it on Twitter. I think one more thing on Twitter. I just wanted to uh, highlight accounts getting let back on. There's Laura Loomer's account getting let back on, and uh, Roger Stone is back on Twitter. So, so far, we have mainstream conservatives, Babylon B. Uh, Veritas, Project Veritas, Roger Stone, Laura Loomer. So more mainstream, high-profile conservatives. We're still waiting for the Anon hordes, all the Anons to get let back on, right? So um, can't wait. 
You better, you better pull through, Uncle Elon. I saw that Pepe you tweeted the other day, so hope you pull through. And let's move on to other subjects now. Off of Twitter, into uh, still in the FBI though, but new tech company, we're talking Apple. So it looks like Apple is now going to do end-to-end encryption for all of their iCloud data. And the FBI said they are deeply concerned about it. The FBI is deeply concerned about Apple making end-to-end encryption for all their iCloud data. Huh. I got two thoughts about this. Number one, it might just be a a smokescreen. Oh, the FBI is all deeply concerned. Meanwhile, Apple is still giving them access to everything. So this could just be for the public, some public show. Or maybe Apple really is changing their tune. Apple, I think, recently closed a pretty major chip manufacturing plant in, I think it was Shanghai, China. And they're going to be manufacturing these chips in an American plant, I think in Arizona now. So, yeah, I want to know what Elon Musk said to Tim Cook when Elon was touring their HQ a couple of weeks ago. Maybe Apple, whether it was Elon or some other groups or people, said something to Apple, leveraged them, who knows. Uh, Could Apple be changing their tune? Maybe. I think that's in the realm of possibility. They're bringing some domestic chip production back, end-to-end encryption. Hopefully, Apple is changing their freaking tune, right? But anyway, this could also be smokescreen. Uh, One more thing on Elon. I think Elon floated the idea of buying Substack in a post within the last couple of days. Huh. What if Elon Musk bought Substack? He'd probably try to integrate it into Twitter somehow, which I don't know. I don't know if I want everything on one app. I guess it would depend on how the interface of it was and and what you could do on it, but I don't know if I want everything on one app. But hey, Substack with Twitter. Interesting. Onward from this, Brittany Griner. Released by Russia in prisoner swap for arms dealer Viktor Bout. Viktor, going back to Mother Russia. And WNBA star, 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 Brittany Griner. Uh, pothead dribble lady. The first WNBA trade that anybody's ever heard of. Um, few thoughts on this. Number one, the Biden administration couldn't even secure the release of a U.S. Marine vet who's been in Russia for four years. Priorities. WNBA star, bigger priority. And I guess it's a woman. Not sure. Maybe her name was Brett a few years ago. Uh, Number one, putting somebody in jail for 10 years because of a hash oil vape. Ridiculous. Decriminalize it. And or legalize it. It's a plant. Grows in the ground. Pretty ridiculous. We're still putting people in jail over this. Um, And why isn't Biden taking a look at the thousands of Americans that are in prison just for having some 
plant on them. Whatever. But Brittany Griner, uh, actions have consequences, and you should know the laws of the place you're going to, whether it's a state or a different country. Know their laws. And don't bring the pot if it's illegal there. So, dumbass, shouldn't have brought her vape. Number three. Obviously, terrible trade here, right? Arms dealer for freaking WNBA dribble lady. So, that's my thoughts on that. Stupid situation, but Biden just looks worse than ever for it, so... All right, we've got 1,100 New York Times employees going on a 24-hour strike. Fake news, get wrecked. Get wrecked, fake news. CNN's losing employees. New York Times employees going on strike. Oh, God, you love it. You freaking love it, right? So. Oh, it's just a 24-hour strike, though. <laughs> Stupid. Come on. They're so weak, they can't even strike for more than 24 hours. <laughs> All right. Celine Dion has... I guess she termed it... Um, What was the name of it? Stiff Person Syndrome. Stiff person syndrome. S-P-S. That sounds like the fakest crap I've ever heard. Stiff person syndrome. You can just make up friggin' anything, right? And call it a syndrome. Like, oh man, I'm dealing with rumble troll syndrome tonight. But luckily, rumble has a mute button now for chat moderation, so I've got a... uh. I've got a treatment for that syndrome, which is nice. Oh, my God. Vaccine reaction? Maybe. Probably. I got stiff person syndrome. I can't move. I've seen a lot of Anons dig into her. And her fashion companies, though, it's almost looking like Balenciaga 2.0 is going to start coming out. Man. Celine Dion has some creepy-ass... Fashion companies with all kinds of satanic looking shit all over them. And then kids in them too. She needs to get dug into. Celine Dion and her stiff person syndrome. Oh my god. Uh, How about dumb bitch syndrome? Let's see. The House of Representatives passing a massive defense funding bill. This is the biggest... Funding bill, $858 billion there's ever been, with termination of military vaccine mandate in it. Wow. Surprising, actually. This still has to go to Biden's desk. It may or may not get vetoed because of that, but God, we need it, right? Our military is getting destroyed because of these stupid mandates and all the wokeness. People just don't want to sign up. People don't want to enlist simply because of all the wokeness and bullshit in the military. A lot of these, uh, I think some army bases and air force bases are making their soldiers put masks back on 
mandatory masks again. So, dude. Speaking of mandatory masks, New York City. Also, I think L.A. is bringing back mandatory masks. New York City urges everyone to wear a mask. COVID advisory. This is not apparently any kind of law or code. It's an advisory. They can advise as much as they want, but um, it's not a not a mandate. And even then, a mandate isn't a law, right? Whatever. We'll see what kind of Dumbo's still wear their masks in the subways there. Uh, Ron Johnson, at least we have a few people with spines in Congress, Ron Johnson being one, hosts historic roundtable discussion on COVID vaccines, and he brought some heavy-hitting truth docs. Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Ryan Cole, Rish, others as well, uh, Pierre Corey, Aaron Siri. That is uh, ICANN's attorney there. Uh, let's see. OpenVares founder. Man, there's a lot of a lot of heavy hitters at that round table. So good on you, Ron Johnson. Good stuff there. Onward now to FTX. FTX founder Sam Bankscam Fraud hires none other than Ghislaine Maxwell's lawyer, Mark Cohen, of the Cohen and Gresser law firm based in New York. Mark Cohen represented Ghislaine Maxwell. And Ghislaine Maxwell ended up being found guilty and is now serving a 20-year prison sentence. So I don't know if that is the right choice for Sam Bank Scam Fraud to make. Good luck, Sammy. You're going to need it. Maybe. He might need the luck. Maybe not, though. Because none other than Maxine Waters is leading the investigation because she's the head of the Financial Services Committee. And Maxine Waters uh, appears to be real good friends with SBF. Because earlier this year, there was a uh, committee hearing that the Financial Services Committee held, and they had some prominent names in the crypto field testifying there. Sam Bankscam fraud was one of them. And at the end, when Bankscam was leaving, Maxine Waters blew him a kiss. Wasn't even subtle on camera and everything. Maxine Waters probably blowing him a kiss for all that FTX slush money that was given to Maxine Waters. How much FTX money did she get? So Maxine Waters doesn't want to subpoena Sam Bankman freed to testify at hearing on crypto Ponzi scheme. Big surprise, big surprise. Let's see in Philly, we've got a Philly gas station owner hiring armed security guards posted up at the gas station all day long, armed to the teeth due to surging crime in the city. The, uh, Gas station owner, he was dealing with a lot of robberies. His car would get smashed and broken into, parked right outside of the gas station. Drug deals would go on in the gas station parking lot pretty much on a daily basis. So North Philly gas station owner 
hired a bunch of private security to walk around. Looking like a freaking third world country, right? But you got to do what you got to do to protect your shit. So things getting crazy there in Philly. Let's see. A couple pieces of news on Vanguard and BlackRock. Vanguard, surprisingly, actually, it's kind of surprising. Vanguard drops out of climate initiatives as reaction against woke ESG investing continues. A lot of big companies are dropping out of the ESG woke corporate rules, woke corporate push. ESG stands for environmental, social, and governance factors. It's a big old woke push for companies to go join. Uh, Vanguard's dropping out. They're dropping out of it. So kind of surprising, actually. Uh, and on the other end of the spectrum, BlackRock, also one of the biggest, if not the biggest, investment fund, along with Vanguard, we've got in this country. BlackRock stoking the recession fears. BlackRock says, get ready for a recession unlike any other and what worked in the past won't work now. It's not just BlackRock stoking the recession fears, but also Bank of America saying that they expect a recession in 2023. I think they might be getting the no shit Sherlock award of the day there. Yeah, 2023 might be might be a doozy. This could also be fear porn. And oftentimes with these banks and investment funds and what wall street says does not happen but could be we'll see what the fed does i think next week we get an fomc meeting so they might raise rates again and we'll see if they raise rates less like maybe 25 basis points or if it's 50 or above 50 or above would probably be pretty bad they're not really slowing rates at that point but we'll see what the fed does That'll be a big indicator on what might happen with the recession in 2023. And last topic we got here is the attacks on the power grid. So here's a few news stories. We've got North Carolina. They had a power grid attack. And then we've got some articles on the Pacific Northwest. So in North Carolina, it was it was quite a doozy because we had multiple substations get hit. And they were, they were shot at. They were hit with small arms fire. And these substations were hit at the exact same time. And they were hit in just the right uh, buildings or units. Just the right towers to cause massive damage and take down the power grid that these substations were feeding. So... Like I said earlier, I think 40 or 50,000 people lost their power. Whoever did this knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. Now, what the fake news is trying to do, here we have the uh, Associated Propaganda, AP, Associated Press. They're trying to say that, uh, oh, it was it was extremists that did it because there was a local drag show in Moore County that was going on where the power outage happened. And because a drag show was happening, 
right as the power outage hit, it must have been some sort of extremist, some sort of domestic terrorist that did it. And they did it to shut down the drag show. No, they didn't. That's just your bullshit scapegoat. Don't scapegoat us. Don't gaslight us, you assholes. But this is their, this is their excuse. Um, and then again, North Carolina is not the only place. We also have Washington State here. Looks like Cowlitz County is one of them. They confirmed a total of six separate attacks on electrical substations they manage in Oregon and Washington. Attackers used firearms in at least some of the incidents in both states. So pretty much the exact same thing as what happened in North Carolina. Small arms fire was used to shoot the substations and take them down. And you, you've got to really hit the... you got to know what you're doing, right? you got to hit the specific spot. I Like me, I would have no idea where to shoot at a substation to take down the power grid. Like the wires? Would I just shoot the wires? That's the only thing I would think of, but I don't know substations. So apparently whoever was just shooting at these big towers or these big building units knew exactly where to shoot and had the firepower necessary to take them down. Obviously not because they were trying to stop a drag show. Uh, maybe this was just a, a warning or a test run. Uh, could it have been agency or deep state groups, some sort of mercenaries hired to do this? and a uh, foreshadowing of what is to come. Or just some dumb rednecks doing dumb redneck things. There must be some real smart, well-trained rednecks. Or, yeah, it is a, it is agency or deep state group connected and... Um, you know, we could see this through 2023 if more power grids go down. That excuse being used. Oh, the power grids are going down because people are shooting at it. Extremists. Meanwhile, power goes down. People can't access the internet. They really want to take the internet down because they can't. I mean, they're losing their power to censor it, aren't they? They're losing their power to censor the internet and manage narratives on it. So, oh no. Let's just take the internet down then. Aw, shucks. Watch the deep state, like, shoot one of their own satellites out of the sky and blame it on China or Russia when really it was a missile fired off from Florida or California or some, some sub in the Pacific. And yet they're going to blame it on Russia and internet goes down. Got to be a... Be on guard. Stay frosty, friends. So, all right. I think that's everything I've got for this one. We'll do we'll do a few minutes of q and I'll bring some tunes in. And we'll go to an hour and a half. We've been going for about an hour 20. So, let's see. What do we got? Oh, it's Friday. We're doing blues, man. Heck yeah.
Yeah, buddy. Thank you, Sean Joe, for those gold pills in Foxhole. I might have a few more to shout out here. Let me scroll up. Sloan TV, thank you. Sloan TV will start streaming my shows on Twitter. Shout out Sloan TV. Thank you for doing that. Appreciate it. Uh, Enrique Alvarado, thank you. Porpoiseful. Always here, always supporting. Thank you, Porpoise. Got a D-Live shout-out. Thank you, Taylor, for those D-Live lemons. Slightly hungover. Thanks, guys. Slightly hungover you. I'd be lying, baby. Do I think the Twitter files are related at all to the Q posts that mention when does a bird sing? No, I think those cue posts talking about when does a bird sing was probably more in reference to the Spygate Obamagate scandal, talking about certain Fed boys, FBI, CIA agents. Um, singing, ratting, ratting their friends out. But. You would just have to see the time frame. Like, when, when were those posts made? What, in 2018, 19, or something like that? And what was going on around that time frame? Then you would get a better context on more likely meanings of that drop. Because context is key. So... And time frame is also important, too. I think it's a little bit of a stretch to say, oh, that drop having to do with this story. What are my thoughts on Phil Godlewski supposedly going to try and sue me? Well, I don't know. He said he was going to send me a cease and desist letter like six months ago, but hasn't showed. Post mentioned Pickle uh, because Pickle Factory is also in reference to the CIA's training center. So, Q post mentioning Pickle Factory. Context, again. Far more relevant. Q mentioning Pickle Factory. Also, that drop was like, what, four years ago? So, Q is referencing the CIA's training center. Probably not Nick Pickles. Again, context is everything. Time frame is everything. You can't just reach and say, oh... This Q post had this word, and I'm seeing this word also over here. Ah, that's what Q is telling us about. Not so much. Do I think the Q stuff will come up in the files, though? Ooh, I like that question. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll get a whole Twitter files thread about more political stuff. If they were censoring all that, we'll get a whole one about, oh, Q-related content they were censoring, and shoot, what if we get some back-end screenshots of Anon accounts that they were looking at? Man, what a freaking that'd be quite like a proof or a 
This is a news story. That'd be quite the news story. Mm. But would that would that coincide with Anons getting their Twitter accounts back? If that happened, would Anons get their accounts back first, and then any potential Q stuff in the Twitter files would come out? Huh? Yeah, that's a, that's a thought. That's definitely a thought there. Can you sue someone who keeps threatening you with lawsuits? <laughs> oh, man. I've been threatened with lawsuits by, like, a half dozen people over the last few years. <laughs> None of them. None of them materialized. Just threats, man. Just threats. Uh, RTK, thanks for the $5 rumble rant. Do I think if... It was a left or right wing nut job knocking out the substations or deep state mercenaries. I just, I don't think it was just a nut job, quite honest, because that's, you know, those are quite coordinated nut jobs to take out multiple substations at the same time and multiple substations in multiple areas of the country at nearly the same time or same within a few days of each other. And then again, to just use presumably rifles at the substation units sounds like whoever's doing it knows what they're doing Q is a left-wing operation, literally by definition. Uh, I don't think so. Don't think so. Do I have any news on Brazil? I don't. But I'll tell you what: a lot of these freaking clowns, like I think SG Anon and Charles Ward and them, they've been uh, clickbaiting and claiming that. They got sources in Brazil that state that arrests are happening and the military's moving in and all this sort of stuff. Uh, take that with, like, the whole bag of salt, plus some. But uh, no, I, I don't have any more on Brazil than just what you could find on Telegram or Gateway Pundit. And I think a lot of what we're hearing and seeing about the situation in Brazil is just rumor at this point. It's just rumor. Uh, I did have... A Brazilianon in my Rumble chat, I think on Monday stream, that was giving some feedback and saying that it does appear like there's movements of military going on in Brazil, unusual movements. So I'm hopeful, and I do think it's quite possible within the next few weeks we'll we'll see some shit go down in Brazil. But I'm not going to be out here saying that oh. I have sources claiming arrests are happening right now. It's guaranteed. Believe me. Blindly believe me. Like a sheeple. 
and make sure you retweet this and share all my stuff because I'm your source of info, shit like that, right? Uh, Matthew Termond on Getter has all the up-to-date info about Brazil. Okay, I haven't seen him on Getter. I saw him on Steve Bannon's show, and quite frankly, it was it was it was his claim. So it was it was hearsay from him. I'm not saying he's not credible. He could be very credible, and what he's telling us could be true. I just would like more than talk yeah give me some screenshots or some video or something like that official statements from brazilian officials in the military i've seen fake statements put out there by by brazilian military for instance sg and on put out fake statements uh, i think a week or two back so fog of war is thick right now Amazing how many Chinese are protesting finally, right? Finally. Donald Trump don't trust China. China is asshole. What's my take on the supplement balance of nature? Never heard of it. If arrests are being made, why hide it? answer to that is just going to be speculation that anybody's going to give you but my speculation on it possible ideas as to why they might want to hide arrests is because of public outcry or public panic or you know if, if they're going to arrest a few maybe they have more to arrest so they got to keep it quiet i don't know just spitballing but again, that's just all theory. Q is an op to bring power back to the people left-wing literally by definition. Well, I would agree. The Q drops themselves were an op to bring power back to the people or help us focus and organize to bring power back ourselves. But to call it a left-wing, right-wing thing kind of defeats the purpose, right? It's not really a left-wing, right-wing thing in returning power back to the people and getting everyone woken up it's not a dualistic thing there's people on the left side of the spectrum that need to be woken up about stuff there's people on the right side of the spectrum that need to be woken up about stuff granted the stuff each side needs to be woken up about it's usually a little different but Has Obama been arrested yet? Well, let me just consult my insiders here and confirm. Oh yes, my insiders say that he's in Gitmo and what we see on the television is a clone. You can trust me. Source, trust me, bro. 
RTK says, thank you for the rumble rant again, friend. Uh, I ask because I just don't see someone on the right doing this kind of BS. Seems like a left tactic. Someone wouldn't just attack infrastructure for no reason. But again, um, I mean, could get some weird drunk rednecks doing it, though. I don't know. They like to shoot stuff. Seems like a left tactic. People on the left don't really like guns, do they? Put one in their hand and they would get scared and just, like, throw it on the ground. Do they even know how to use it? Like, um... And also, if, if it's a mercenary shooting the substations, well, that's not a left-right thing. BS has hurt the truth movement. Just say no to clickbait. What's totally. I mean, we, we spend more time Cold trying to unfuck our own movement than focusing on the greater enemy. But you could also look at that as if, well, it is the enemy infiltrating our movement. And a lot of these plastic patriots or fake MAGA are the enemy. Whether they're working for a selfish agenda or they're working for some agency or the government I don't be right. their bullshit is the problem their, their disinfo their clickbait, their hopium whatever you want to call it yeah it's a big problem so I think it needs to be dealt with I know there's other ideologies out there that say, you know what, don't worry about it. It'll flesh itself out in due time. People will wake up to it. I'm like, yeah, but if we could speed up that process of people waking up to it and flesh it out sooner than just letting it fester on its own, I mean, why not call out these scammers and manipulators? Devil's advocates say, oh, but there's better things to be focusing on, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but there's a lot of people out there focusing on other things. How many people are focusing on the the disinformation infiltration into the truth movement? Not many. Not many. So there's arguments to be made either way. That's why I don't spend as much time on it as I used to. Man, every day I'd be making angry posts on Telegram or something. Ah, shit. Maybe once a week, make a couple posts. I do my clickbait of the week streams like twice a month. Not not as much as I used to. So I've dialed it back a bit, but I still think it's important to do, so I do it.
Thank you, uh, Crystal Owl, for those foxhole gold pills. And RTK, another five. Thanks, man. Upon random, you met some old friends from high school. They invited you to the Socialist Rifle Club. You declined. They are mostly definitely far left and pro-gun, and they can shoot well. So what, if you go to a Socialist Rifle Club and you bring ammo, is it everyone's ammo? <laughs> or, or all the ammo that everyone brings, 50% of it has to get donated to the rifle club, and that becomes, what, everyone's ammo to shoot? Yeah, twice a month is enough for those clickbait of the week shows. Then it doesn't waste too much of my time either. I can focus on other things. Because those shows do take quite a bit of time to put together. Because i got to comb through their videos, clip out the things, and, and all that. Um, a lot more of the extreme truthers seem to be saying, we are all on the same side a lot. That's just narcissistic projection speak. No, we're not on the same freaking side. Don't let them brainwash you with that line they're just trying to shut shut down dissension shut down anybody questioning their bs sometimes these quote-unquote patriots so-called patriots or truthers they're on their own side because they're just trying to get fame or money so that's not it's not my side my side is just general truth if you're out there pumping some quantum financial system bullshit or my secret insider says whatever the hell that's not the side of truth and transparency. Get the hell out of here with your same side BS. Random question, do I play any musical instruments? No. Am I stoned? Yeah, bro. You'd be able to tell. <laughs> I haven't smoked any ganja in like two months. It's been the longest time I haven't smoked ganja in a long time. But, you know, I, I live in a state where it's illegal now. And I could drive up the highway 45 minutes and buy some, but it's far away, man. I ain't fiending like that. I ain't no, I ain't no Britney Griner fiending, sneaking some vapes into Russia fiending. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I got some edibles here though. But I haven't even eaten one of these in a long time. These are good though. Two and a half milligrams, so it's like a microdose. <laughs> Have I watched anything from Dave Jose? No. 
Oh, Insta Stone. Just kidding. What are my thoughts on Kosh Patel going on Charlie Ward? Similar to my thoughts on General Flynn going on Charlie Ward and these different shows. They're probably not giving a shit about the fraudulent nature of Charlie Ward and those kinds of folks. They're probably more interested in just getting their message out there. Understandable. They're going to use any platform they can to get their message out there. And also, there's a point to be made in... Okay, say General Flynn goes on Charlie Ward's show and... then that doesn't allow Charlie Ward to go off into frickin' clickbait land. Like, Flynn going on Ward's show has to tone Ward down, has to tame him, and, and basically, like, humble him, at least for that show. And then, you know, it's funny, one time, I remember seeing Flynn go on Charlie Ward's show, and then after that, Charlie Ward just went back to his clickbait bullshit in his next videos with whoever was on. But then, then General Flynn, he went off to, you know, he went on to the next day, the next couple days, did more interviews with other people. And I think in one of those interviews, he mentioned how some of these crazy theories are, are harming our movement, like Trump being secretly president and Biden's a, Biden's a clone and stuff like that. So it was like, it was kind of funny. It was like a subtle... message there so you know General Flynn's probably going on these shows to try to reel in their audience bring them back down to earth because Charlie Ward and Simon Parks and all them they got their audience way out in a no man's land so Flynn, Kosh and them go, go on their shows try to reel them in then get their their down-to-earth messages out there on these platforms to their audiences so it doesn't bother me that doesn't mean charlie ward's legit if kosh patel or general flynn go on charlie ward's show that doesn't mean that oh everything charlie ward says is legitimate not at all nor does that mean that kosh patel and general flynn are full of shit because they go on charlie ward's show right guilt by association is a logical fallacy Trust by association is a logical fallacy. Can't think black and white like that. So, it doesn't mean legit or fraud either way. So be careful with that. Charlie Ward is clever at injecting his quantum financial system bullshit either in the show or another one. Yeah, like every show. Maybe he's freaking told to do that by somebody. But every show, you can pretty much be guaranteed that there'll be 30 seconds of Charlie Ward bullshitting about his QFS stuff. It's coming. It's coming. Just got activated. Last week it got activated. Next week it's coming. My sources say, two years later, it's coming next week, this week, today. Think any chance of Trump coming back in 2023 these days? My answer to that is not going to matter. 
the only person whose answer to that would matter is Donald Trump. At this point, am I expecting it? No. I am going to expect that we have to wait till the next election and then wait till 2024. Or 2025. That's what I'm expecting. I would love to be wrong. I would love my expectations to get broken. And then some shit hits the fan and goes down. And maybe Trump does get back in earlier or we hold some sort of redo election or new election earlier than 2024. But I'm going to keep a realistic approach on things and just hope I'm proven wrong, right? Because over the last two years, we've seen what happens when we go off into Fantasyville and let our hopium guide our expectations. Chat says you gave up hope on that, but these Twitter drops seem to be building to something. You can still hope something happens, but you don't have to give your energy to it, right? Oh shit, I hope Trump will come back tomorrow but as president, but is that realistic? No, so I'm not gonna give much if any energy to it, right? Don't. Don't misconstrue that with hoping. Don't think that hoping means you need to make that an expectation or or what, right? Like Don't don't put your attachment into hopes. Keep hoping. Don't stop hoping. Keep hoping and dreaming. I'm a big dreamer. But I also live in the real world so you can do both at the same time live in the real world but keep hoping man keep hoping just don't let that hope influence your real world judgment We'll go another 10 minutes Q&A. We'll do a two-hour stream. It's Friday. Why not? Yeah, and there's still probably a lot of shit that we got to work through as a society while we have Biden in office. Comment here brings up economy crash. We've got this big tech stuff to expose. We've got probably a lot more stuff to happen on Biden's watch. So just let it happen. Crumble the system. It's a lot better to crumble the system and let the house of cards fall if Joe Biden's in office than if Trump's in office. Let the house of cards fall, let the system crumble while Joe Biden's in office, and then Trump or somebody else that's not a deep state puppet, but somebody else could come in afterwards and clean it up. 
But Trump's running again for president, so it's probably going to be him. And obviously, stolen election, so it better be him. Oh, what up, RTK? Uh, yeah, I think you asked this question earlier. Um, any chance of getting myself and L, some bitch I know on a stream? Oh, man. I like her work. She doesn't take shit from people, and she's a good digger. But, um, I don't know. Does she do collabs? I don't really do collabs. But I'm down to do collabs. I just don't really do them. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm open for it. I like her work. Oh, did you super chat that question twice? Ooh, I'm sorry. Sorry for missing it the first time. Thanks for asking again. The only meaning meaningful necessary disinfo may have been the post that suggested good guys were in control. That allowed us to accept the rest. I think there was a lot more necessary disinfo in the drops and just that. Oh yeah, there's a lot more. Necessary disinfo in there. I mean, shit, look. Q was saying, trust Chris Ray. And then Q said, Chris Ray is a sleeper. Which, that could go both ways. That could be taken a lot of different ways. That doesn't mean he's exactly deep state. Chris Ray is a sleeper. But then Q posted the photo of Chris Ray with his face X'd out. Like, bad news. So, sometimes Q's post about people were all over the freaking place. And that's by design. So nobody would have a solid idea as to what side certain people are on, right? And that's the point of a counterintelligence operation. It's to freaking confuse particular people. Or... Get them sure about something and then leverage that. Leverage that sureness. Am I ever going to do a documentary again? I'm floating around ideas. I'm definitely floating around ideas. That's a good question. Thank you for asking that. Um, yeah. There's some things happening with some groups I'm a part of, and it's working out. It's actually working out for the better, <laughs> surprisingly. And I do think, yeah, I got some plans. Yeah, totally. Crom, I agree. I wouldn't be surprised if the Q drops, if a vast majority of them was disinfo to trip up the bad guys. Absolutely. 
I wouldn't say a vast majority, but probably more than most assume. RTK, man, you're awesome tonight. I appreciate all the support you're sending over, all the rants. Uh, my opinion on the banning of the sale of Mylar bags? I wasn't aware of that, did they? Amazon, or at least by Amazon. Okay, I found an article here. This is from July 5th, 2022. Amazon tells sellers to ditch their Mylar stash bags. Amazon said due to regulatory requirements, all Mylar bags that are not clear or single colored must be removed from the Amazon store by August 5th, 2022. Why is that? Why Mylar, Amazon linked to its drugs and drug paraphernalia help page. Oh, I guess um, it says here there's a demand for smell-proof bags for storing herbs. In some cases, specifically mentioning the need to escape detection detection by dogs. So they just don't. I don't know. They... Looks like that's the reason. Welcome, Gail. New to my work. Thanks for joining. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, what documentary did I do and where can you find it? So back in 2017 and 18, I worked on a documentary called Above Majestic. And it was about secret space programs, black project technologies. It also talks a little bit about just the general deep state and exposes satanic cults and things like that. Um, you can find it pretty much anywhere itunes amazon etc uh, i will put a caveat at the time i i guess we could say i've changed some beliefs about the whole secret space program topic over the last five years four or five years some supposed secret space program whistleblowers and so-called alien contactees that uh, I guess appeared in that documentary I no longer really support or believe but if you can just set that aside set aside certain testimonies in that documentary just like one person <laughs> uh, it's a good doc a lot of stuff exposed in it Did 
So, you know, don't even blindly believe anything I say or put out there. Don't blindly believe anything. Because people can be genuinely misinformed. Minds can change. Time changes. But just take it for what it is and do your own research based upon what you find. Yeah, there's actually a couple people that I worked with in that documentary that uh, kind of are a little weird. So that, that's one documentary topic that I would like to do or redo is something on UFOs or secret space programs, Black Project Technologies, free energy, anti-gravity, things of the like, but there's also some other. I mean, I would like to do a Q-Doc someday. Something a hell of a lot better than those propagandist douchebags that HBO did, right? But, uh, we'll see. The whole Q-Doc thing is still a story that has yet to be told, though, right? I don't think that story is done, so. Let's see. Alien Arena is another one to be exploited using that huge information gap. And yes, it has been exploited for decades. Loads of freaking clickbait and disinformation in the Alien Arena. And the reason being is because there's a hell of a lot of sensitive and important truths within that topic. But that is the reason they also funnel a shitload of disinformation into the internet slash social media slash just collective consciousness domain about it so gotta be really careful there's a lot of bullshit channelers bullshit i'm an alien contactee bullshit i'm a secret space program whistleblower even the mainstream media is getting in on the ufo disinformation these days they have for the past five years so gotta be careful really know who Q is yet. We might never know. Alright guys, any last questions, comments, concerns, complaints, drop them in the chat. We will finish this up. Appreciate you guys hanging out on Friday here for a while. Chat got good. Good, good chat. Good flow of conversation. At least since I muted the retards out of it at the beginning. Um, <laughs> Social Observer, thank you, Rumble Rant. Thoughts on Kim Gujin? I don't even know how to say her name. Gojian. Gojuin. Kim Gojuin. Super Grifter, yeah. Totally full of shit. 
She looks like a robot. Like, her facial expressions are just so weird. Not authentic and full of crap, yeah. Oh, Michael, you did a 20, 20 and back program? 20 and back, you're a time traveler? Aren't we all, right? Bring back the whiteboard. One of these days. One of these days. Do I still go to contact in the desert? Or as I call it now, censored in the desert? No. <laughs> they invited me to speak there in 2019, and I went and I spoke there, and they didn't like what I had to say. And never wanted me back. We the media, who's the new owner? Me, bitch. <laughs> Me, it's mine. Some changes to be made there. Okay, I got a request for a sound bite. I'm gonna do it. I barely hit this soundboard tonight. the music for this why are you gay I did it for you you know who you are I see that comment I did that for you did you ever turn the cry is there really a 20 and back program I don't know, but if I was a betting man, I know which way I would bet on that, okay? There's so many bad actors in the UFO community. The head of the Mu the head of MUFON is another pedophile. The Mutual UFO Network. Uh, well, he's not the head of MUFON anymore. He resigned in disgrace once he got caught trying to solicit sex with a 14-year-old. That was Jan Harzen. He got arrested in 2020. Was it 2020 or 2021? But uh. Yeah, he, he, he stepped down as soon as that shit broke and MUFON totally disassociated with him. But MUFON, as an organization, is just kind of diet woke. It's kind of boring. They're just boring. I went to a, a MUFON conference in 2017. And uh, that's actually where I interviewed, I think, William Tompkins. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Jogging my memory here. But yeah, I went to the MUFON conference and it was boring. Bunch of old fame fags that just wanted to be on camera and pat each other on the back. And I shook Jan Harzen's hand there. Ugh, ugh, like met him real quick. Ugh. Yeah, he just 
didn't. He wasn't authentic. I didn't get a good vibe from really anybody there. Oh yeah, Michael Jaco. <laughs> remote viewing the 20 and back. He remote views everything, doesn't he? Michael Jaco, our latest secret space program. And then he went to film a show at Gaia, right? Michael Jaco. Dude, if you guys are out of a job, I'm telling you, if you need money, okay, just write yourself some story about being a, uh, you know, being abducted as a kid by the military and and being groomed to do secret space program stuff and oh, I'm I've been secretly working in this secret space secret stuff. Write some story about that. Memorize it. Go to Gaia, just blab it at them. They'll put you on a show, give you some money. Easiest job ever. <laughs> they don't vet shit on Gaia. <laughs> the Conscious Netflix, they're called. Conscious, my asshole. Gaia looks like a cool place to work, even though it's totally gay. Um, oh no, it's, it's, it's super corporate, super corporate. Why are you gay? Why are you yeah, guy? Why are you Gaia? Make up a pie in the sky story and go to Gaia. Yep. You can like close your eyes, you can make a game out of it, right? Close your eyes and you have a dart board and, and you throw the dart and if it hits, you have like one for, or you have a wheel to spin, spin it. Okay, this is the branch of the military I was in. <laughs> Lands on Air Force, all right. Here's how many years I was in the secret space program. <laughs> 15, okay, let's see. Here's the the star system the aliens are from that I talked to. Pleiades. Okay. Did I grow up in a military town? I did. I grew up in a Navy town. Actually, I grew up right between three Navy bases. PSNS, which is Naval Base Kitsap. Uh, Banger Sub Base, which is where they keep the nuclear subs on the West Coast. And uh, a little tiny base, Naval Base, called Keyport, where they do torpedo testing. I grew up like right smack dab in the middle of three big Naval bases. And then just right across the bridge was joint base Lewis McCord. So there was a lot of military where I grew up. But I was never in any secret space programs. Bummer. You know what I'm 
Yeah, there's a few okay people on Gaia. Greg Braden's does his stuff there. Um, who else? Help me out here. Freaking names aren't coming to me right now. Of who has their shows on there? Another pretty spiritual. Helping people to heal themselves, kind of person. Dispenza, that's right, Joe Dispenza. That's the name I'm trying to think of. Greg Braden, Joe Dispenza, a few others. They're okay, you know. They're good. Just because they got a show on Gaia doesn't mean they're bad or their info sucks. But um, there's definitely other shows and people and info on Gaia that does suck, so. And I, and I have some personal experience way back when of Gaia trying to basically censor what I wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah, Jordan Maxwell had a great show on Gaia, too. So, yeah, all right. But uh, Gaia is definitely corporate. They definitely have kind of a left-wing, let's not get political mindset. And, oh, they don't vet, like, the so-called whistleblowers and some of the some of the influencer personality people they bring on their show just to they don't vet for shit so yeah they kind of have been for been around for a while like 10 years i think they're they started their streaming platform thing in like 2013 2012, 2013, so going on 10 years now, yeah. I have no idea if Emery Smith is still on Gaia. He might be. I came across his Instagram channel the other day. Like, out of nowhere. I have thoughts on that, but... Oh, good old Emery Smith. Why the character? Did Gaia pay well? Well, I never got paid by him. But, uh... Some of the folks that had shows on their channel... They could, they could bring in... A couple tens of thousands a month. Through the... The money per show, plus whatever they got for their affiliate signups. People signing up for Gaia through their affiliate link. For, I mean, I got paid decent money on Gaia. It's a living wage, let's just say that. So I'm telling you, if you need money, just become a secret space program whistleblower. Yeah, you know Gaia is desperate for content if they're bringing people like anybody, anybody. Jayco, who's that one guy? Jason Rice. And honestly, Emery Smith too. And honestly, Corey Good once upon a time, right? I'm just saying.
Alright guys. Um, for real this time. For real this time. Uh, you have a good weekend. You have a good night. Good Friday night. Good Saturday. Good Sunday. Let's watch these Twitter files blow up over the weekend. Got more coming. Uh, I will see you guys on Monday for the next stream. I think that's it. So I think that's all I wanted to tell you guys about. Let's not get caught up with all the uh, character assassination going on on Truth Social. Character assassination on Truth Social. Lots of that going on. Lots of drama. Lots of attacks. Just nonsense. Ridiculous stuff. Um, yeah. Losers with no life to live, so all they want to do is spin smear smear campaigns and stories on the internet whatever we got better stuff to focus on around here so you guys have a good weekend thanks for hanging out thanks for listening thanks for tuning in if you're not subscribed to whatever channel you're watching it on right now live stream or replay please subscribe please this thumbs up or plus if you're on rumble i guess plus this video thumbs up give it a like much appreciated and you can find ways to support uh, down below this video. Links below, my locals page, Subscribestar, uh, my supplement brand website, my .tv website, other ways to help support social media accounts to find me on. I'm on True Social, I'm on Telegram. I'm on Instagram too, you know, in the belly of the big tech beast, but that's where we reach people. So... Go find me on those platforms. You guys have a great night. Stay frosty. Do no harm. And take no shit.